Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Good morning, podcast listeners. Most of you, or rather many of you, or rather maybe even just some of you, will, will know some of my story because I've shared it. I feel like I've shared it often, but sometimes we think we share things and people go, no, I haven't, I haven't heard that bit, or I didn't know that. And so I thought I'd use this episode to dive back into what I think are perhaps the key pivotal moments as I, you know, walk you through a little bit of my menopausal meltdown, drama, mayhem, call it what you will. And what were the key elements that moved, I, I think, moved me forwards. And so if I start with what, what I knew, so before I realised I was in menopausal meltdown, I was a qualified hypnotherapist and I'd already spent a lot of time helping people move from a place of overwhelm, anxiety, of, of all different persuasions. And at that time, I felt most drawn to people that had binge eating disorders. So that was a, a kind of area of specialism of mine. And again, that might be, you know, I might have been, it wasn't just binge eating disorders, it was it was other kinds of eating disorders. So it felt to me uh, like I was drawn to working with younger women. Because at that time, that was the most prevalent incidence, I suppose, or reported incidence of, of where eating disorders existed. I discovered later that wasn't true. And there were, there were kind of clues along the way of how I ended up where I am now having moved through menopause myself and having got to the point of choosing to work specifically and specialise in working with women struggling with menopausal anxiety. And the first key, the first clue, if you like, was early on after I qualified, which is now quite a long time ago, back in 2006, I got a call out of the blue from a TV production company asking if I would be willing to take part in a documentary they were filming around eating disorders in older women. And naturally, I agreed nervously, but, but you know, wanted that exposure, I suppose, and that experience and felt that it would boost my confidence. And so I agreed to work with someone and we got on really well. And she was a woman in her 50s. So again, I, it, there was a kind of a clue there to where I was going to end up. And it went really well with her and it went, you know, they did a, a nice TV production documentary and that's not really relevant to this particular story, but it was, it was just a clue. So then when it came to finding myself in the midst of this drama that I've subsequently realised was menopause or connected to menopause, where I was just completely lost. And I don't just mean in a kind of, oh, I'm confused, you know, just a, a vague confusion. I mean, that was part of it. 
but that whole being in debt, totally losing my confidence, not believing I could do anything, even though people around me were going, but you can do anything. <laughs> That's helpful uh, because it doesn't matter what other people say, it's what you think that matters. So I was in debt, I'd lost my confidence. I wasn't really feeling like I was succeeding in anything. I wasn't succeeding in anything. Um, I would move from one moment in one thing and then I'd move to another and and I didn't know what I wanted and I felt like there were answers out there and I went through so many sources of of thinking okay I have the skills here to do this I've helped other people I should be able to help myself so again not thinking about menopause just thinking about overcoming anxiety overcoming lack of self-belief self-confidence thinking I have tools in my box I help people with this stuff so I should be able to do this and I started along that journey by using my tools on myself so I would I would actually record a session as if I would put myself in, you know, it was a weird thing, really. I would be the client and I would record as if I were the client answering questions of my, myself also being the therapist. It sounds crazy, I know. But when you're in that place, you do anything. And, and again, remember, I had the skills, so it seemed logical. So I would think of the question and I would record my answer as a client and then once I'd done that, I would go back in and listen to my answers as the therapist. And then I would record my hypnosis session on the basis of what I had heard in the way that I would do if I were working with a client, thinking, okay, this works for other people. Let's see if it works for me. And uh, did it? Well, not sure that it did really because it was just one of the many things that I did and got frustrated by thinking, you know, and can you ever say, can you ever put your finger on the one thing that makes a difference? No, you can't. But it didn't feel like, like there was no dramatic, oh, I feel better now. Great. Lovely. Where was I? There was none of that. I was still stuck in this awful menopausal place, feeling worse and worse as each week went by. And I tried you know, one of the key things I mentioned uh, was meditation, but that didn't happen straight away. I was reaching out for all kinds of solutions in. I, so I thought sometimes it was the answer was business. If I just try a different business, that will work. Because remember, I had no idea this was menopause. I knew I was losing my confidence and nothing was working in business terms, in financial terms, <laughs> in any terms except my relationship there, that was rock solid. And I was very, very fortunate. If I hadn't had that, as I don't really know what would have happened. But thankfully, I did have that rock solid. But it, somehow, even though I had it, it didn't, it wasn't enough. You know, it, it was awful to realise that I went through that whole guilt thing of, I should be grateful. You know, and I know many of you do this of thinking, well, what have I got to complain about? Yes, I've got some debt, but I also have this great partner. I still have my home, you know, and you're going, what, what is it? Just pull yourself together, woman. But that doesn't work. And, and be happy. You know, why are you being so miserable? Why are you so sad? Why can't you just be cheerful and, and light and 
stop being a burden on everybody by being so sad. You know, all of this was churning away in the background. And so because of that, I would keep reaching out. So I tried property businesses of, of all different dis persuasions. You know, I'd go on one course about one kind of property and another course about another, reaching out for, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I tried network marketing. I tried property development. I tried rent to rent. If you've never heard of that, don't worry. It doesn't really matter. Oh, I tried all these things. Nothing was bringing my confidence back. I would have little bursts of thinking, yes, this is it. But I was just kind of pulling on ropes that were attached to nothing. They weren't pulling me out of the mire. They were just probably sinking me deeper in it because you know what happens when you try a solution, it doesn't work. You feel worse than you did before you started because you, you feel even more hopeless, useless, pathetic, unworthy, you name it. And, and then I would try, okay, maybe it's mindset, it's mindset stuff. So I tried energetic solutions. I tried chakra clearing. I tried Reiki. Um, I, try, I went for crystals, you know, I went for crystal reading. And they were all lovely. In the moment of doing them, you get that momentary lift of, oh, I feel great, you know, for maybe a day. But it was never lasting. It never, it never shifted anything completely. And as, I, as you, I've told before, the first shift came when, and, and this was years, years in, after all these trying different businesses, different mindset therapies, you know, myself, working on myself, working with colleagues who also did hypnotherapy, thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll try somebody else. No, it didn't work. And, and, and then thinking, okay, meditation. So that was when... It was one of those random, as they, as, as all of them ever were, or just random finding something like, oh, well, maybe this, maybe this. So I tried the transcendental meditation. That was the first shift. It wasn't the first time I'd tried meditation. I hasten to add. It wasn't like, oh, I found meditation. This is it. I had tried other forms over the decades, not just through menopause. But I'd reached a different point. And this particular technique worked for me. And I think what worked for me with hindsight was not just the meditation, but it was the first step towards consistently doing something different. Consistency was what mattered. Consistently doing something that was for me, about me. And I say that with, with I don't know, with what? It's easy to go, well, everything was about me, you know, all of that starting up a new business, all of that, that Reiki, that crystal healing, that Qigong, that going on a, a course to learn about property, that all of that was about me. But it was seeking the solution to me in somebody else. I think that's what was different. So it was about me in the way, you know, you're going to have your hair done, you have your nails done. And that's why I sometimes say about this self-care thing is slightly or rather largely misconstrued and misapplied and misinterpreted. If, if the stuff about you, about self-care is outside of you, then it's still not about you. Where it finally came to roost with meditation was finally, this was about me, for me, but the solution 
It was searching inside instead of outside for the first time. And that's different. Suddenly you're going, oh, a solution's in here. And the, the reason we searched, the reason I searched outside for so long was because you feel so desperate, so lost, so empty, so incapable, so worthless. You think, how could the answer possibly be in me? I'm useless. And I think that's why we seek outside. It's because we think I, I have nothing. I'm, I am nothing. We feel so valueless that we go, the answer must be outside me because I, I'm well, unworthy. And meditation shifted that because it wasn't saying here, find the solution in you. It was just going look in you. It was just, just be in you. It wasn't even saying look in you. It was just going be in you. And I think that was the thing that started the shift. And then, of course, I began to think about one of the things that I started sharing again before I realized it was menopause, before I started this part of my business where I focused in specializing on working with helping menopausal women get from this place of crisis to freedom without anxiety. I delivered a, a, a talk to a group of networking women. So my confidence began just to gently come back. I'd been doing some stuff. You know, when I talk about accessing uh, childish experiences, childish, uh, childlike pleasures, where you, you're not doing it for a purpose, you're just re-engaging a part of your mind that you've neglected, of just doing things because they're, they're fun or because they engage a creative part of your brain. You're not doing them for any other reason than unlocking the part of your brain that's desperate for solutions. So if you've heard the story, for me, it was crochet, you know, going to this little knitting and crochet class with a group of middle-aged to elderly women, just having tea and cake and knitting and completely relaxed, no pressure, no need to perform. And that was my second point of breakthrough. And I, and I use all of this in my own programs now. That was my second point of breakthrough. That, again, without, oh, did I realise? Yes, I did realise because I, I already understood what drove me to that was thinking about what I'd done with clients in the past, clients who were stuck. So I'd applied some of that learning to me and allowed it to unlock just go okay just keep walking just keep walking you don't know where you're going you don't know what the destination is but keep walking and again it was focused on me not looking outside for solutions but wondering what would come up from inside not setting a path not setting a direction not setting an intention or a goal just going oh god i just I, I, let's see who i am let's see what comes up because I had nothing to lose at that point, nothing whatsoever to lose. as so I kept walking. And then after that, I, I know I did start this a while ago. I, I, I delivered this talk, again, not connected to what I'm doing now, although now I look back, it was connected. And at that point, the title of the talk was called Achieving the Impossible. And I walked this group of women through that process that I took of you know getting from the meditation to doing the, the childlike creative stuff and unlocking that part of the brain and that's what that that iteration of the talk was really the kind of beta version if you like of what 
I've subsequently done and what I now do, and probably there'll be another version in the future that's, you know, even more honed down. And so I, so I went through that journey of, of the knitting and, and letting go, but that wasn't the final piece either. This is all very slow, drip, drip, drip for me because I didn't know what was going on. The final piece in the jigsaw, none of this happened quickly. This is over a period of years. And the final piece was knowing I'd made progress, knowing I was moving forwards, but then finding myself slipping back. And, and it's a horrible feeling. You you take one, you think, oh, I'd step forward. Great, a step forward. And then you feel yourself sliding, or I did. Oh, no, it's two steps back. Oh, no, 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 now I'm further back than before. And then moving into that place of, well, maybe this is all there is. My time of life, that's it. I've missed my chance. It's it's the downhill version now. It's, you know, reflecting my mother, going into care, losing faculties. It's just winding down now. You'll never be given responsibility by anybody else. You'll never be working at a high power job, even though you kind of thought you were okay. You know, frankly, you're losing your marbles. You've lost your memory. You can't concentrate. You can't focus. Really, you're pretty worthless. Just go work in that deli, which is what I did. And it was easy. There was a part of me that was easy to go, just let go of it. This fine. And I very nearly accepted that as, oh, well, this is just a new part of life. But there was that little spark inside that still said, no, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. You haven't achieved what you're capable of achieving. There is way more. And that was the point where I took the final, well, the final till now, the final piece that made all the difference of going, okay, Shelley, you've done all this by yourself. You've done this. And that's when I realized, okay, that maybe there's a bit menopause thing going on here, but not, still not fully. And it was like, okay, you've done all this, you've done all this inner work, you've come so far, you've you've moved forward, you've got greater awareness, you're way more, um, I was going to say more confident, but perhaps less self-doubtful. <laughs> I haven't quite moved into the fully confident stage, but you know, what is holding you back now? Why are you still telling yourself you can't do things? Why are you still in this place? And that's the point, the pivotal moment when I thought, okay, I need external help now. And it was different from what I did before. In the past, before I started on the journey, as I said, I was looking outside for someone to tell me what to do without realizing that I had the resources. I had to figure out, I had to find within me what were the resources, what was specific to me that I could work on. And I'd taken that journey and then I was ready to work with somebody outside of me to support me on my internal journey, not to tell me what to do in a way that worked for somebody else, but to support me in engaging with me and who I was and where I was and just giving me that extra lift up. And that was critical. And in my case, I reached out to a counsellor which was a big surprise to me because I had spent a decade and more and I still am pretty scathing about a lot of counselling 
and a lot of counsellors who I think often make people feel worse. But this, I, I really picked this person carefully and I thought, oh, please, you know, it was like a little prayer to the universe. Please let me find the right person for me. And I did. And it didn't take a lot because what she did was she was like a mirror, only better. So she reflected what I had in, and but made me see it differently. It was like a mirror that made you look more beautiful. It was still you, but it was like a better version of you and didn't let me slide back again. That was the important thing of keeping me focused on what I knew, but just adding that little extra, just, just give me those extra footholds and handholds to get up the wall so I could finally get to a place where I go, okay, I'm, I'm there. I can do this. I can do this now. And that was vital, I think. I personally think, you know, okay, I know there are people that come through this on their own. Of course there are. But I also know there are huge, I now know, I didn't know then, I now know there are huge numbers of us who just can't get there completely on our own. And so that was what I wanted to share today. A little bit more of the kind of internal journey that I've travelled that you've heard before, if you've listened to all the episodes, but maybe you haven't. So perhaps this is the first time. Perhaps I'll dive into another bit on another episode. And I hope in sharing my journey that that makes it more uplifting, if you like, more inspiring or just more, more real for you on your journey. Okay, uh, have a great rest of the day. I will catch you on another episode tomorrow. In the meantime, do share on your own social media channel and pop over to the new Facebook group, details are in the text, the Menopause Freedom Group, where I'm planning to build a community and deliver free training there. So make sure you join that group. All right, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Have lots, have have lots of love. Yes, have lots of love. Have lots of love. Have a lovely day. Take care. Bye for now.